In other words, while the behavior patterns of archaic humans remained fixed for tens of thousands of years, sapiens could transform their social structures, the nature of their interpersonal relations, their economic activities, and a host of other behaviors within a decade or two. Consider a resident of Berlin, born in 1900 and living to the ripe age of 100. She spent her childhood in the Hohenzollern Empire of Wilhelm II, her adult years in the Weimar Republic, the Nazi Third Reich, and communist East Germany, and she died a citizen of a democratic and reunified Germany. She had managed to be a part of five very different socio-political systems, though her DNA remained exactly the same. This was the key to Sapiens' success. In a one-on-one -on -one brawl, a Neanderthal would probably have beaten a Sapiens. But in a conflict of hundreds, Neanderthals wouldn't stand a chance. Neanderthals could share information about the whereabouts of lions, but they probably could not tell and revise stories about tribal spirits. Without an ability to compose fiction, Neanderthals were unable to cooperate effectively in large numbers, nor could they adapt their social behavior to rapidly changing challenges. While we can't get inside a Neanderthal mind to understand how they thought, we have indirect evidence of the limits to their cognition compared with their sapiens rivals. Archaeologists excavating 30,000-year-old sapiens sites in the European heartland occasionally find their seashells from the Mediterranean and Atlantic coasts. In all likelihood, these shells got to the continental interior through long-distance trade between different sapiens bands. Neanderthal sites lack any evidence of such trade. Each group manufactured its own tools from local materials. Another example comes from the South Pacific. Sapiens bands that lived in the island of New Ireland, north of New Guinea, used a volcanic glass called obsidian to manufacture particularly strong and sharp tools. New Ireland, however, has no natural deposits of obsidian. Laboratory tests revealed that the obsidian they used was brought from deposits on New Britain, an island 250 miles away. Some of the inhabitants of these islands must have been skilled navigators who traded from island to island over long distances. Trade may seem a very pragmatic activity, one that needs no fictive basis. Yet the fact is that no animal other than sapiens engages in trade. 
and all the sapiens trade networks about which we have detailed evidence were based on fictions. Trade cannot exist without trust, and it is very difficult to trust strangers. The global trade network of today is based on our trust in each and such fictional entities as the dollar, the Federal Reserve Bank, the totemic trademarks of corporations. When two strangers in a tribal society want to trade, they will often establish trust by appealing to a common good, common god, mythical ancestor, or totem animal. If archaic sapiens believing in such fictions traded shells and obsidian, it stands to reason that they could also have traded information, thus creating a much denser and wider knowledge network than one that served Neanderthals and other archaic humans. Hunting techniques provide another illustration of these differences. Neanderthals usually hunted alone or in small groups. Sapiens, on the other hand, developed techniques that relied on cooperation between many dozens of individuals and perhaps even between different bands. One particularly effective method was to surround an entire herd of animals, such as wild horses, then chase them into a narrow gorge where it was easy to slaughter them en masse. If all went according to plan, the bands would harvest tons of meat, fat, and animal skins in a single afternoon of collective effort and either consume these riches in giant potlatch or dry smoke or in arctic areas, freeze them for later usage. Archaeologists have discovered sites where entire herds were butchered annually in such ways. There are even sites where fences and obstacles were erected in order to create artificial traps and slaughtering grounds. We may presume that Neanderthals were not pleased to see their traditional hunting grounds turned into sapiens-controlled slaughterhouses. However, if violence broke out between the two species, Neanderthals were not much better off than wild horses. Fifty Neanderthals cooperating in traditional and static patterns were no match for 500 versatile and innovative sapiens. And even if the sapiens lost the first round, they could quickly invent new stratagems that would enable them to win the next time.